Hi guys, thanks for listening to this episode. We really appreciate all of the support and staying alongside the audio to now visual component of Beans Without Boundaries. Uh, going forward with the second season, we do have like an, a little bit of increase of cost. So we set up a little donation thing through Buy Me A Coffee. It's a little website that if you're willing to just splurge, there's an option for being able to just buy me a coffee. It also gives me a good idea if you really are enjoying our content and would like to help support and continue it. The link will be in the description underneath the YouTube video. It's also going to be in the description for Apple Podcasts and um, Spotify Podcasts as well. Uh, Whichever platform uh, would be greatly appreciated to just continue following along the journey and whatever you're willing to just kind of help with feedback, whether it's comments on the videos or just going on social media. Um, And if you're feeling typically generous, it'd be great to just throw a coffee my way. Thanks for listening in and until next time. I love starting off with headbutting my fucking mic. <laughs> Great. Well, we're here. It's the first time people can't see us, but this will be the first time we finally have somebody in the studio to talk with Ooh. for the podcast. <laughs> and it's really fucking funny because everything I've been doing is over Zoom. Um, but who we have on the show today is someone special, someone I've known for many years and kind of like impromptu <laughs> on the way down here. I suggested that if they wanted to, they could come on the show and they could kind of tell their story. And they're obviously a little bit well acquainted with the show. They had a chance to listen to it. Um, and I will introduce Ash. Hi, I'm Ash Cantor. Uh <laughs> this is so weird. It's okay. Um, yeah, I'm a barista at Portal West Coffee in Akron, Ohio, and uh, it, oh my god, what's okay. Um, yeah, here visiting, catching up. Yeah, very excited to be on the show. Yeah. So um, obviously, this is like a podcast that basically highlights a lot of voices to kind of like tell their story about like how they got to the point where they are on the sh- um on their journey of yeah. being in the coffee world and since i've known you so well i just like think you have such an interesting <laughs> story and there's so many facets that i think a lot of the listeners um and throughout the rosters that we've had on the show would be able to kind of like relate together so i guess this is a great start to getting into how and why coffee? Like, what got you here? Wow. Um, well, honestly, it's, I don't know. It was a way to make money mm-hmm. that was what I was, like, used to. I've always been in, like, food service or, like, yeah. the the service industry, like, and pretty much every job I've worked except for, like, give or take a couple. Um, but, like, I don't know. I think high school I started – getting like dabbling into coffee Mm -hmm. like meeting friends at coffee shops that were like local to like study and it just like it was cool to like just be in a coffee shop it like felt so grown up back then and then I got to college and I was you know trying to just 
grind hard, like making ends meet to like pay my way through college right out of high school and um, a job at the local like Starbucks on campus like opened up. Mm -hmm. And so like I applied right away, like someone I was friends with worked there already. It just seemed like, you know, something I was really into. And then shortly after I started there, a job like at a coffee shop, like local chain that like I had gone to in high school, like had a position and they had just opened a new location and like I shot my shot and I got in and I was like, yes, like now I actually have like a real coffee job. Mm -hmm. And like that's where it all started, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And I just like I grew in my love for it. Um, I mean, it's, like, been a bumpy road, like, but it's always kind of been, like, a special interest of mine and, like, something that I've always wanted to, like, just, like, delve into as much as I Mm -hmm. possibly could, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think what were your hardest uh, aspects of working in as a barista? I know that you struggle a lot. (laughs) Um, So, honestly, for me... The biggest issues arose from the fact that I was, like, undiagnosed autistic and ADHD for, like, a majority of my life until, like, about a year and a half ago, I want to say. And um, I was just having, like, crazy turnaround and, like, burnout from, Mm -hmm. like, every job I was in. I was, like, I knew I loved coffee. I knew I wanted to be, like, a barista. But, like, I couldn't, like keep my footing for like longer than a year honestly at most um because I just like kept overworking myself and that's like a very common thing in the industry I would like I know so many like just baristas in general are used to that and I mean most places in general don't put their employees first yeah they don't take and like do the investment of like keeping the turnaround like low um, like actually investing in their employees so that they want to stick around and like be a part of like building something bigger right. than them. And so like I just I cared too much for like what I was like getting, I guess, like yeah. paycheck wise, but also like you're hired on as like one thing mm-hmm. and then just like more and more yeah. responsibilities just like stacked up yep. and it was like by the time I'm like done with a place it's like oh why am I like doing manager work and more and like only getting paid like uh, minimum wage you know right literally. like literally no raises like and if you like talk to someone about it it's just like kind of swept under the rug and literally. ignored until like you've reached your point and like like of like boiling over and it's like well um I guess like you're fired or like you quit Mm -hmm. or like in my case a lot of the time was like I was going way too hard over that I would end up like in the psych ward (laughs) like that's that was like a pattern of my life for like a good three or four years where I was like working way 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 too hard um doing something that I loved but that in the end just like burned me (laughs) i mean also like when we worked together there were points where even during peak like you'd get like physically yeah yeah overworked so like i also have like chronic health issues too um i have this like one condition called postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome or it's a dinosaur who we um (laughs) pots for short 
Um, a lot of my friends growing up like just called it passy outy syndrome because that's Jeez. literally <laughs> like, yeah, syndrome. well, because like at the worst of it, like oh. I would just like fucking pass out because yeah. like my body was like, um, let's just like reboot you real quick. Like right. we can't like figure out where to send your blood or like anything. Oh so God. I was just like, eh, get like really lightheaded, get yeah. on the floor, you'll be fine. Yeah. Um. And, like, that was also a really difficult, like, thing navigating. Like, luckily. Especially in, like, with our work we do. Yeah. Like, being on your feet constantly behind, like, a lot of, like, machines that are really hot, Hot. you know, it it takes a toll on you. Not to mention, like, you're running around, beep, boop, bopping, like, like, multitasking, like, so much and just, like. And then also, like, navigating, like, whatever shit was going on in my right. head that, like, I was unaware of, like, also, like, t- like at play, like, sensory issues, like, mm-hmm. interacting with too many customers that was just, like, too much social a- interaction or, like, having to, like, put on this mask and, like, act a specific way yeah. just to, like, get through the situation even though, like, I'm in distress and then, like, you know – uh take like a five to ten minute bathroom break to like cry it out (laughs) um and like regulate myself but yeah at least like with the pots that was like really difficult for a really long time until I got it more under control which like also that got more under control after I got my diagnosis right because like they honestly just like feed into each other it's like if I get too stressed or like overstimulated I start overheating and then I start getting like nauseous and lightheaded and then like really shaky and I turn like bright red and those were all like the warning signs that like hey dude you gotta chill out chill out or you're about to like be fall like, out yep <laughs> literally <laughs> chill out or fall out chill out or fall out so um and that was always really hard because when you're applying for jobs even though like you know you can't like legally discriminate on people based mm-hmm. off of like health Just, conditions yeah. and stuff um you even like give an inkling of having any issues, um, you pretty much don't get the job. Like if you yeah. do it in like the hiring process, so you kind of have to like sneak attack like your employer. <laughs> <laughs> like you and hired so, me now. I'm like, hey, you're stuck with me. Um, but so like on the occasion that I would disclose that information prior to being hired, I I really don't think I got any of those jobs but then like once I disclose it after it being hired you know the owners the managers were like pretty understanding or mm-hmm. kind at first until it was an inconvenience for yeah. them and so like obviously that like caused a lot of issues with like me like feeling like I, I was gonna say you definitely I remember you definitely like always harboring this like guilt yeah I'm like I can't like I can't, like, take off. I can't, like, right. have any health issues. Like, I can't have a flare-up mm. because I'm going to inconvenience everyone else. And yeah. then they're, like, all going to hate me. To be honest, that's really relatable, like, across the board working in the service industry yeah. and working as a barista, especially for, like, a local place. Like, yeah. as soon as you're not the only person that is reliable in a sea of people that are unreliable. yeah. You are considered the villain. Yeah. And then it's like, well, you know, you served your purpose for us, but now, like, you're no longer convenient or it's, like, too much. And, like, that just – that was, like, really hard on me for a really long time. Yeah. (laughs) I'm, like, really thankful that, you know, like, things just finally 
aligned for me and I found like literally everything I was looking for in a place of employment. And like now I've actually started to heal from a lot of that like Mm -hmm. past workplace trauma that like I didn't even realize like had compiled so much of over time yeah (laughs) i mean like for the most part like as people who have worked in any industry or like growing up and having to work in general yeah like we're always told that like oh it's just the first job then you look for the second job and then the third one and the fourth and the fifth and the sixth and Mm -hmm. then half the time whatever actually happens in each one of them you got to completely like erase as a new slate yeah so even if it is like Horrid work. It's like you're being ridiculed, you're being neglected, you're being uh, overpaid and underworked. Yeah. Or that was not right. Wait, overworked and underpaid. ADHD doesn't want to make my brain work. Fuck. (laughs) Yeah. So if you're overworked and underpaid, it's like all these are basically non existent. Yeah. When you start a new job versus like when you finally have a chance to feel secure in a Mm -hmm. space and you're like, hey, like, I just want to be honest. Like, this is full disclosure what I have to work with. And like, and yeah, like it actually comes out on a more genuine, sincere level. You you look back and you're like, oh, so I'm treated as a human being. Let's look at all the other places where I didn't. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really wild how that happens. But also, like, I don't know, like maybe on the flip side of it, at least for me, like it took me up until probably the past like year or two, like until like maybe I got my more recent diagnoses that. I, like, could also own up to, like, my own mistakes and mm-hmm. shortcomings that, like, also contributed to those problems. Like, it used to be, like, oh, it's it's only, like, these specific, like, businesses and, yeah. like, my experience there. Like, I had no, like, issue. Like, I didn't do anything that mm-hmm. also contributed to, like, this. And now I'm, like, oh, well, like, I wasn't always on time and I wasn't always a great, like, communicator right. and, like – that stuff, like, adds up and, like, does affect a business, too. So, like, I'm glad I can, like, take more ownership of that. But also, like, I'm glad that I know my value now as well mm-hmm. and know that, like, it is possible to be treated like a human being yeah. and, like, get all of your basic needs met and feel safe and secure and, like, you can grow and change and evolve and, like, you don't have to be stuck to, like, one specific, like – place. That's hard, especially when you, like, create, like, good relationships with people. You feel, like, almost bound to them Mm -hmm. more than the actual business. Yeah. Um, Which makes, like, the idea that, like, okay, so if I leave, that severs all the relationships I just built. Yeah. And it's, like... Oh, I was just going to say, like, that can be really, really scary, too. Yeah. Um, I think a nice thing, though, about, like, being a barista and, like, the same, like, area, like... For a while and like bouncing, well, not necessarily bouncing, but like having worked at multiple different places Mm -hmm. and like finally found a place that I'm like, wow, this is sustainable and I want to stay here for a while because it's actually like working for me and I'm like financially secure and like all, all, just all the stars lined up. Um, So like if somebody was to be in your position mm -hmm. and they're like, well, I don't really know how to like find that like how would you go about now with everything that you've learned and everything that you've experienced like what would your piece of advice be for those people going in with a lot of those same issues to like job searching to trying to communicate that with their management because like I feel like you're genuinely not the only person that's (laughs) working through a lot of that yeah well I I mean like even like 
where I'm located, like I know a lot of other like local baristas mm-hmm. who are having the same issue. And yeah. I mean, it sucks because at least for me, the it was like just not giving up on like finding like looking for what I was like trying to like I don't know like manifest or whatever mm-hmm. like I I just wanted to be surrounded by like more like-minded people I wanted to be in a place where like it was okay to make mistakes mm-hmm. and like just like you know exist to like as fully and authentically as I can be in the workplace and I I don't think that you should be afraid to speak your opinion but I also don't think like you should be afraid to leave something if it's not working for you like I don't think you have to wait until like the very last minute like until like like, the last straw yeah like the last straw like it blows up like and you end up in like a worse place than you you found yourself yeah like I don't know I from my experience like life can be hard and like Mm. searching for jobs like sucks and just like being an adult is very difficult (laughs) like but I don't know I think life can be forgiving in a way at times and I really do think that shit just like works out eventually Mm -hmm. like if you believe that you're of value if you believe that like what you're looking for like is out there like you can help like create that too and that's like Mm. also what is special about like the place where I'm at now is like I it's literally like come as you are we're all gonna grow together it's like such a good sense of community not just like with the team but like with the literal like community who comes in like our Mm. regulars where we're located it's just like such a magical environment and like it can't be the only one out there you know like I like I just I don't know I went through a bunch of shit until I finally found what I was looking for I was like ah this is it Mm -hmm. and I'm gonna fucking replicate this shit if it's not if it's not gonna be here it's gonna be somewhere else yeah that's I don't know like don't lose sight of that I guess Mm -hmm. yeah I think that's a really good overall like emotionally encouraging (laughs) thing to say and I think that like I thought I caught myself smiling a lot (laughs) of the time of the stuff that you were saying um so I guess going from there have you ever considered working outside of being a barista like have you ever thought about like maybe coming to the uh, the the production industry part or have you always like enjoyed doing more front of the house stuff um especially because now you work for a place that has a coffee roasting versus like a lot of the places that usually don't yeah this is the first place i've actually worked that like i feel like i might actually have access to like Mm -hmm. learning learning to growth and to education in this specific field and like that's such a wild thing because it was so hard to find like yeah, especially, especially in Akron, i was about to say especially like, in akron where no one gives a fuck in the coffee industry for sure like there's not i mean there there are some local roasters but there's not like probably count like on one hand from, <laughs> from a roasting perspective too a lot of what i love about where you work too like i always say that portal west is kind of my favorite spot in akron for coffee specifically mm-hmm. if you're looking for specialty coffee yeah and a lot of the coffee in more of like 
the boonies of Ohio mm-hmm. tend to aim towards like dark, dark roasts yeah. and hella sugars, yeah. hella cream and like hella sweeteners and whatever versus like Portal West finally is like a shop that's kind of like growing right now mm-hmm. that highlights specialty medium to lighter roasts. Yeah. And like the owner went like before he came back to Akron from like going all around the country, yeah. like doing his own like coffee career to build himself up to this point like he never thought Akron was going to be like the scene where he was going to settle down because like a lot of the coffee shops really do cater to the the tastes and preferences of the clientele which Mm -hmm. are more so like Starbucks-esque yeah like like lots of sugar dark dark roast and you know, like to each their own. There's there's no issues with that at right, all. Right. But like he never thought that there was going to be a specialty coffee scene like actually like in growing. Act. Yeah. And like it's really cool because there is a need and a want for this. And yeah. like the business has grown so, so, so fast, so mm-hmm. much faster than expected. And um, it's just so cool being a part of it almost from the ground floor. Yeah. But also like being a part of the community in general like there and like it's the first I've felt like Akron as a whole is like a community like it's just like yeah I'm like wow I love Akron you know yeah that's not something that's very common common or at least it growing up it never felt that way yeah because we're both from Akron Mm -hmm. so it's like I remember as soon as I could, I was like, I'm getting the fuck out of Akron. <laughs> yeah. And then as soon as I could, I'm getting the fuck out of Ohio. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I've never kind of looked back on that ideology just because I feel like for my brain, yeah. it just I found a lot of things that just like I couldn't find community. Mm-hmm. And in general, I've said it on this podcast before, I, I struggle finding community here also in yeah. Columbus, Ohio. Um, but we do have more of a prevalent coffee scene here. Yeah. That's like meh. But... <laughs> I feel like there are certain parts when you go back to Akron having been so disassociated that bring you this like sense of home. Yeah. That like I don't know what happened and what shifted in the two years that I was gone. But like obviously like I'm probably gonna go back and be like, well, this is still fucking Akron. And then there are parts where like specifically like the valley mm-hmm. or like sit like it's Highland growing. Square. Yeah. It's like it's becoming more of like this really local community mm-hmm. like influenced in community. Um, what is the word? It's like, you're basically nurturing that. Oh, yeah. Um, See, we're both going yeah, blank. Yeah, what's the, what's the word? But well, we get the point Yeah, what I'm, I'm trying to picking say. picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> so it's like, overall, it's good that you're able to find a place that accepts you and you're working in a place that brings fulfillment mm-hmm. because of the community that it's starting to bring and you're seeing something that you genuinely believe is a good company and good people yeah. and they're starting to get like the fruition of everything they've worked for. So now going from this, where do you see your coffee journey going forward? Yeah, I was about to say, I don't even think I answered the last question yeah, actually. Talking about like, uh, like, like have you interests and like <laughs> now we can just yeah. add on top of that, like do you have interest in like what's your next moves? Yeah, um, I don't know, especially like, I always thought like roasting was cool, but I never even considered that as like mm-hmm. on the radar a possibility because like 
where the fuck do you go to learn how to roast an Akron? It's not even that. And then you go and you find the roasters and they're all male. Yeah. It's and just not inviting. But also half of them, I feel like, too, don't even start on the ground floor of like the coffee industry, which I would say is as a barista. barista. Yeah. And I think that's a thing that like sets like the owner of my shop apart is like he was a barista. First. He was a barista first for a very long time. And he had to like work his way up and like his first like I don't know like six months or so of being a barista he had like a fucking broken arm so like he was just on register for like six Mm. months like that like or like I'm pretty sure it was about that long but like for a really long time until he even like started making drinks or doing anything like and like he wasn't even planning on like going into coffee like he started out in like being like a business guy after like finishing college and then was like this is not it. Nope. <laughs> like moved out west and like I think went to Seattle Coffee Works and like started like learning about coffee there. And mm-hmm. then like eventually got into roasting and like went like just I think it's so cool and there's so much like empathy and understanding that can be learned and brought into like a business and making it successful when you've actually had experience in the service industry in general but also like behind the bar and like knowing so fully well how like cafe operations work as like a basis and how to like treat a human being and like being able to stay in touch with that instead of like growing further away from that like the higher you rise Mm -hmm. um because i feel like that's really hard to to remember i think for a lot of people yeah yeah um but i i don't know maybe like it would be cool to i i just i want to learn more about like coffee science in general like cafe operations great with like customer relations amazing Mm -hmm. like the service industry side of stuff like that's that's what I really know and, like, being able to interact and, like, have, like, the hospitality service mm-hmm. of things. Like, that's, like, my bread and butter and that's what I'm good at. But, like, I'm a bit more insecure in, like, my actual, like, coffee-specific knowledge. knowledge even though, like, I'm sure I know more than, like, the average person, mm-hmm. you know. It's just comparatively to where I would like to be. Yeah. It's just, like, I don't know. But I've always, like, even – I don't know. Since, like, high school, I've always, like, floated around the idea of, like, owning a coffee shop. And, like, if I went anywhere with coffee, like, that's the biggest thing I could see myself doing. Like, I think it would be cool. That'd be such a cool shop. I feel like, especially <laughs> for you, like, I could see. I have see, so many ideas. Yeah, I could see, like, a whole plethora of things working out really well if you were deciding to go forward with that. Yeah, and, like, I... If that were the route that I go, like, like I said, like, all my health issues, like, mm-hmm. the TISM, the ADHD, like, I know my limits now. Good. Um, and, like, I would not be, like, it, it, it would probably be, like, coffee shop or roaster. But, like, mm, I don't think like combining I them. have the capacity to run and do both of those things yeah. myself. That is a lot. And so, like... I don't know. I have a really good relationship with where I'm at right now. And it's like one of my, I don't know. It's not only is it like where I work, but like it's a place like I just love 
the the beans that like the owner roasts like he just Mm -hmm. does such a good job it's two minutes from where I live so it was already my local neighborhood coffee shop that I was like I don't do work well at home like I go there to like get shit done like when I'm off too and it's such a cool thing that like it's not just me like every single employee spends their time Time off work there too let's say that's so fucking common with baristas like half the time we know the hookups for when we go to our shops Mm -hmm. that we find ourselves checking in more than checking out yeah like that's something that across the board when i worked at starbucks when i worked at other coffee shops i find myself like either wanting to see my coworkers that i work with or getting a free drink yeah but like not only just that but like the vibe is so good. That's true. I love that. And shop. the team is so good that like it's not like other places where like even though like because that's always kind of been like the vibe for me. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I just like love being and my like w- around coffee with like my fun coworkers and stuff. Yeah. But like I can actually like I don't know. Like my sisters, <laughs> my sisters are so funny because they'll be like, Ash, you're like a local coffee shop celebrity. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> it's I'm like, oh my God. But I'm like, I'm in there on like my time off, like just being like a regular customer. I don't mm. like, yeah, I get a free drink or whatever. To be honest, that's a coffee shop doing its job right. Yeah. It's like the person that's always there still wants to be there when they don't have to. Literally. Be. And yeah. it's not like a oh, I want to make sure like everything's like running smoothly. It's like a oh, hey, let me go get, like, a quality beverage from quality people Mm -hmm. and, like, have, like, I don't know. That's really what made me fall in love with coffee in the first place was, like, as a customer, first and foremost. Like, I've always just loved being in different coffee shops, like, soaking up that vibe. It's, like, where I like to go to get work done Mm -hmm. and, like, socialize and, like, have good, genuine human connection. And it's, like... Do you find that it's harder to do that in other coffee shops, though? Yeah. Like you go to a coffee shop anywhere else and you're like, well, why aren't people talking to each other? Why are, Why is it all just like pump and go, yeah. like conveyor belt style kind of shit? Yeah. Um, so it's just like, it's like rare to hear that human interaction in coffee shops in, in general, especially in the specialty coffee mm-hmm. world, are a lot harder to find because it seems a lot more pretentious. Yeah. And there's like more of a disconnect from the customer and mm-hmm. consumer as- aspect versus like the, the roaster or the barista aspect. Yeah. Um, that was like the, the first time I ever went in the coffee, sh- like where I work at, at Portal as a customer. First thing I noticed was like, first off, this is a cute little like hidden like just gem. Yes. Like because it does take a little work to find where it is located. It's because it's like if we're visualizing it for the folks listening. Portal West is part of a, a complex that's bigger a little and plaza, it's on yeah. a lower level. So you do have to go down steps to get into there. But it's, it is like a little private, great, warm. It's such a warm so, nook. Yeah. I but, love it yeah. in the winter because honestly, it feels like you're um, staring like in or like you're inside of a snow globe almost oh, like as you can like see that. like the snow out of like the window oh, and it's just that. like such a small little cozy place. I wanted to it's say so something good. not as warm. I was going to say it's like an incubator. I mean, <laughs> I mean it could be that too. <laughs> I feel like we could be on the next both of those and there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, But no, like the first thing that I noticed there was like as soon as you walk in, mm-hmm. You're, you're like, greeted. Even if you're, like, a random person entering for the yeah. first time, like, they're like, hello, like, how's it going? And also, like, you get up to the counter, 
they want to talk to you. It's not just like uh, you're on your phone the whole time in line, like, and it's awkward. Like, you don't know, like, how to interact with people. Yeah. It's like, how's your day going? And, like, just, like, wanting to genuinely, like, get to know a person and have a little bit of human connection. Yeah. Like, that is really hard to find in most places in mm-hmm. general. A lot of interactions, like, especially, like, at restaurants or, like, coffee shops or whatever, feel, like, very transactional. Yeah. Um, And don't, like, can come off a little, like, cold or even, like, we're too cool for you. Like, you know, yeah, just, yeah, like, yeah. Um, so that was, like, the first thing for me. And, like, that's just such a, it's such a core part of, like, the owner's philosophy for coffee. Mm-hmm. I think I've heard him mention before, like, we're not in the customer service industry. We're in, like, the hospitality industry, and our, like, vehicle is coffee. Ooh. I know. Like. That's really, I like the way that t- that kind of, like, rides out. I know. And then, like, my other coworker, um, she, for the first time ever, mentioned to me, she was like, we're in a high-value job. And I never once thought about coffee as being a high, like being a barista as a high value job before. Like she, I had like that, that terminology out. though. Like specifically, yeah. like I don't think I've ever heard anyone say, like they experience a high value job. I don't even know what the fuck yeah, categorizes like, well, a high value job. Well, because like I think just like I don't know, people in society in general probably consider like a high value job like. I don't know, something that makes a lot more money and seems, like, more important, Mm -hmm. like, but it's high value because, like, the work that we do is fucking high value. Like, we're on our feet all day interacting Mm -hmm. with people, busting our ass just to have, like, a quality interaction, make them a quality craft beverage and, like, present, like, you know, and, like, we're putting all of this, like, hard work and energy and labor and love into what we're doing Mm -hmm. and we want to make sure like the drink is exactly what they want the presentation is gorgeous to show them just how good the drink is yes and like we want to make their day because you don't know what like shit other people are going through like just having a positive interaction like for five minutes could completely change the trajectory of like someone's day. day yeah and that's Putting the people first above Mm -hmm. the money, like, creating those quality connections and having quality people behind the bar, that's what brings people back. Like, you can have a great cup of coffee, but if it's a great cup of coffee and shitty service or, like, an unpleasant attitude, you're going to be less likely – like, you're still going to go get the good coffee, obviously, but if it was between that and, like, a place, like – with slightly less quality coffee, but, like, the service is amazing. The way they make you feel is amazing. It makes your day just seeing them and, like, interacting with them. Like, that's that's the choice I feel like most people would make. And then yeah. if you have the best of both worlds, let's, like, that's just, like, a recipe for success. But mm. so many business people, I suppose, because I think more often than not, that's what, like, coffee management, at least in my yeah. experience, has been. Um you care about money more than you care about, like, the quality um, life that you're giving to your employees or, like, the quality interactions you're having with customers. And it's, like, that is... Even sometimes sacrificing the quality of the project. Yes. Like, above, like, cutting corners everywhere. And it's just, like, 
you just got to trust the process, you know, a little mm-hmm. bit. Like, actually, actually put some care and love into those things and, like, the money is going to follow. But, like, people don't – people don't, like – making that bet or that risk because right. they feel like it's just a recipe for failure, but it's it's really not. So we're at a point in the episode where we can kind of bring up this great segment called Hot Take. <laughs> so I know that you had heard a couple of other people's hot takes on the show. Yeah. But after everything you said and after having such a very thorough background in being a barista <laughs> or just in general working in the service industry, what would you consider your hot take is that could be controversial towards the industry? Honestly, pretty much exactly what I just said, I think. Like, just pay your employees well, train them well, give them – if you can't give them, like, fucking benefits, like, give them something – like Compensation, like, you, yeah. Yes, like – it just there's no reason go off <laughs> i know it's just I'm like, like seeing it happen right now you're like fuck okay but like that's really it it's like what fucking reason do you have to not like as like an owner to not respect and value the opinion of the people who are on the ground floor like working that shit like they mm-hmm. are out there every single day doing the work telling you what issues there are yep. that, that's happening behind the bar. Like, baristas' opinions should be fucking, like, heard and valued mm-hmm. and, like, appreciated. Because, like, yeah. if you don't have that knowledge, especially, like, that customer ser- – oh, my God, that like. Um, it was just the way that it sounded. I was like, <laughs> wow, that's some Midwest twang there. Um, if If you don't have that customer service or the experience behind the bar, like – what like my thing is like also um owners that take this like sense of this they have this air for a lot of small business <laughs> owners they'll they'll do this and i've worked in so many different places that do this they feel like they are god and when they are yeah <laughs> they have like complete and utter control over you mm-hmm. and they use manipulative tactics to get t- the desired outcome yeah and um for example, like juggling off of what you were just saying, when baristas have like all these issues, have like like we'll just like start random randomly listening, like like inventory issues. We got people not showing up. We got machines not working. Like the environment itself is not sustainable. Apart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like you're not even there. That's the you biggest ever, thing, like, though. Like I, <laughs> like I've been in, in places where owners are just never fucking there, and they're considered the manager. Yeah. And then baristas have to take that part. I was like, well, this guy's never fucking here. You got a customer's asking for the manager, and then you got a customer's asking for specific questions that only the owner would know, yeah. and then you have to like do all this other shit, and it's just like, and you're paying them absolute shite. Yeah. Like, I think that was the hardest. Ooh, yeah, that was some of the hardest stuff that I had to deal with at other coffee shops, especially. Oh, shit, what was I gonna say? Um, <laughs> we both got emotionally heated over the I subject. Was like, Ooh. <laughs> um, it'll it'll come back. No, at it's some fine. Point. Yeah, I mean, like, I think that that's a good a uh, that's a good like thing that. That's not only the one time we've heard a barista come on the show and be like, pay your people what they deserve to be paid. And 
I mean, sure, from the business owning perspective, we only have a certain a skewed vision of what they're able to do to us. But like at the end of the day, like it's not sustainable. Yeah. And then, okay, if it's not sustainable for you to compensate us, then you better lessen the workload. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. Like adding on more shit mm-hmm. and then being like, well, you're just going to stay at this amount, but I'm going to be like, here's what you got to do. And then I don't feel like I can come to you when I need you to step up and be a leader and do this. Other. I'm like, bitch. It's like, well, no wonder you can't keep anyone here right. longer than like a couple months. You Seriously. Know? It's like that. That's the shit that drives turnover. That's not mm-hmm. stuff that helps with employee retention for sure. Because a lot of the owners uh, or managers that are just like never there never get to have to deal with a lot of the customer front that's not always friendly. Yeah. That's exhausting. It, yeah, that that shit wears and tears you for mm-hmm. sure. Like that's the stuff that brings me home drained. <laughs> yeah. Like especially because like um, we've both worked in toxic environments mm-hmm. where it's like the customer has been horrible. And like we had an episode with Maxi yeah. where – their hot take was like the customer's never right. That's <laughs> it. And I was like, that's fucking right. Like half yeah. the time the customer Starbucksifies everything. Starbucks has ruined so much of what could be good quality coffee yeah. and beverages. And I'm not even talking about like craft lattes mm-hmm. and and drafts or whatever. I'm talking just fucking having a random like a, a nice drink. And yeah. Like, I want it at this temperature, at this level of degree, and at this amount of sugar, and then this much. I'm like, bitch, I'm making your drink. I'm like, oh, my God, that's so much. I don't know. Like, I <laughs> I definitely felt that episode with Maxie's mm-hmm. hot take. But I think I also, like, remember thinking, like, I don't know if I could ever be that bold personally, even if that's, like, a private opinion I feel at times. I don't know. I... I which is why I love them. I, <laughs> I just like I really try to give people like grace um at times because like I don't know not everyone knows shit about coffee and I am not trying to just like talk down and shit all over a person because really I don't have nearly as many like I don't really have any customers that I can even consider being like unsavory honestly at this point at the job that I'm in but like in the past like sure but even then like put on a put on a little face and I like but I'm very un uh, like non-confrontational I was gonna say (laughs) I was like for somebody who is a very confrontational person dealing with people who are really assertive in their (laughs) beliefs that are not right I'm just like okay all right great job (laughs) But, like, in general, like, the customer types who do come in and, like, occasionally Starbucksify, like, an order or, like, don't know shit about, like, uh, coffee in general. They're like, can I get an iced, like, fucking cappuccino or whatever? Mm -hmm. And, like, or, like, I'm like, I am not going to rain on their parade. I'm going to be like... Yeah, so if, like, what you're wanting is, like, cold foam, we don't have that, but I can do a very small (laughs) six-ounce iced cappuccino for you. It won't fill up the whole cup or whatever. But, like, I try to, like, 
not make them feel like a complete idiot or whatever because I think at least in my case most of the time the people aren't like trying to be assholes. (laughs) They're just trying to like figure out how to order off of a menu they've never seen before and like is way like specialty coffee is different than like Mm -hmm. I don't know Portal is different than a lot of the other coffee shops in the area. So like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know shit all over them. Well, you're you're better than me because uh, I take it upon myself to thoroughly educate customers if they decide to ice cappuccino me. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, no. Um, but I guess, like, is there anything else you wanted to talk on? Hmm. Because we, we really did talk about a very large range yeah. of different subjects here. Yeah. Um. Like, I know that when we were talking about before we started recording that you had a lot of stuff that you wanted to say. Do you feel like you were able to get everything you wanted to say I feel like I've hit a lot of the topics that, Mm -hmm. like, I wanted to cover for the most part. Um, Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Well, that's good. I feel like um, for the most part, to wrap up the episode then, that... It was great having you on the fucking show. It was great having a a first interaction face-to-face with a person on the show. And it was great. Like, you did great. Oh, thank you. I was, like, a little nervous because I've never done anything mm-hmm. like this before. And I was like, yeah. you know, I think I do have things to say that will resonate to other people. But I was like... I feel severely underqualified to oh, be on here. And I was that. like, I, no, I know. I worked through that. I was like, mm, girl, no. <laughs> if it makes you feel better, my podcast isn't like the largest platform that exists <laughs> in the coffee industry right now. I'm giving it just as a protection of the people's voice. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just honestly, you asking me to be on here. First off, I was like, oh, my God one of my best friends is like doing a podcast that's so cool and I love everything that's being talked about Mm. and it's just like you know makes my heart happy I'm like this is like really resonating with me Mm -hmm. and it like kind of gave me like a new fan like I don't know not like that I haven't like I don't know I feel like this is again like the most sustainable a job has ever been Mm -hmm. for me and like I've been working I guess like my whole coffee career to this point to get to this like basically dream job of what I was looking for. Like this like environment that was exactly what I wanted to continue to move forward. And I kind of got there and I just kind of feel like, okay, now like I've I've checked most of these boxes now Mm -hmm. and I'm just like, okay, uh, how does like, how do I like, you know, I, I guess like I was just really worried about how to, make a job this sustainable for me in general but Mm -hmm. like I don't know as like an autistic adult like it's really difficult for like a large percentage of autistic adults to hold down a job in general let alone a full-time job and at this point like almost a year ago I didn't even know if that was going to be possible for me Mm -hmm. and now I'm just like wow, a change into a positive environment really, like, can make you go from feeling like you're incapable at all to, like, it just happened to be the right thing to get, like, 
all the things in my life to start clicking into place and like mm-hmm. me to start continuing to like improve and grow in every aspect. And I guess that's really what I'd been focusing on since I got this job. I was like, wow, I got the dream job. Now, how do I not lose it? Mm-hmm. And now that I've realized it's possible and like it can be done healthily and like in such a good way, I'm like, I guess like I grew stagnant and like, where do I go from here right. in this like industry and whatnot? And so being on this podcast really like renewed that <laughs> like <laughs> like that joy and that passion in me. And I'm like, wow, what am I going to do now? <laughs> no, honestly, like I know that you'll have a chance to like later on listen to the episode, but there's so much that shine for you <laughs> talking a lot about like the work you're doing and the work that you want to continue doing. And how much you care about the place you work and the people you work with and for and the community you're working with. Um, yeah, I just like I feel like it's definitely a community that's just really forthcoming if you surround yourself with the yeah. right people. And there's stuff in the works happening for the second season that Ooh. hopefully like when I do announce it, it'll have a lot more of an impact after mm-hmm. this episode. But community is important and I think it's really important to be able to grow that and I think that you're a great embodiment of bringing in warmth and hospitality and true customer service because you handle things with so much grace and I'm just like (laughs) nope fuck that shit like if all the listeners listening if you could have at least seen Ash and I working together on a shift it was so (laughs) night and day (laughs) like literally night and day it was so funny to watch how I would interact with people versus uh them and it's just great that they came on the show and they could actually like show their true warmth and color on um and for being nervous you did fucking great like it was all very eloquent and coherent and I that's the most you can really fucking ask for yeah that's true (laughs) but um yeah, I mean, was there anything else you wanted to say before we log off? Mm, I don't, I don't think so. I think we're, I think this is a good point. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, until the next season of Beans Without Boundaries, there will be new things coming, um, stuff that I'm excited to eventually announce. Um, for the time being, we're probably going to take a little break um, and then probably jump back into it in around January, March. January, March, January, February, that kind of time frame. So thanks for sticking around for the first season. Didn't expect to get this far. So it's good to see that we can still keep it going until then. Okay. Log off. <laughs>